scaring is sharing. Hey guys, it's scaring is sharing. Hello, hello, hello. The place where we share our scares. And I am Jeremy the Beef Rusk. I'm going to keep this going. And I am Brandy Joe the Something Planback. We haven't decided yet. Everybody write in and help us decide. I think that that's it. I think I'm the something. The something. <laughs> it sounds kind of like a, a, a horror movie monster, like the, the, the nothingness. <laughs> the something. It sounds like a kid's version of the thing. That's right. But they the do something. it on, like, on Sesame Street or something like that. <laughs> I imagine some is like in parentheses, like mm-hmm. before the thing. It's like the in parentheses, some. Thing. The something. <laughs> How are you, Jeremy? Not bad. How are you since, uh, you know, seeing you in the flesh just I know. moments we ago? S- we saw each other earlier this morning because you helped us move out of our theater. Mm-hmm. And it was so good to see you in person. It was weird. I know. It's strange not to <laughs> know you just through a video screen. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. But thank you so much. And speaking of our theater, I just wanted to mention because when this episode drops... Um, I directed our last production in this space, which will be a virtual production, and it is it ties into our podcast. It is called Have Yourself a Misery Little Christmas, and it is a parody of Misery, where Paul Sheldon is replaced with Santa, who crashes and is saved by good old Annie, and she loves Santa, and she does not appreciate how his naughty and nice list is set out, so she demands that a new one be written. And um, you know what? You should check it out if you so desire. Um, you can go to theringwald.com and you can purchase your tickets there. It runs throughout the month of December. And that's cool. all I got to say on that. That's it. <laughs> I, I love Misery. That's like one of my favorite. I do too. One of all-time favorite movie. Definitely in that, in that list. I've always wanted to do a stage production and there is one which you may know about. Um, mm-hmm. They recently did on Broadway with Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. I heard she was fantastic, which I have no doubt. She is a dynamite actress, but I heard he was horrible, which mm-hmm. does not surprise me. I think he's hot, which should not surprise anybody. Um, but I, yeah, I do not find him a, a terrific actor. He's got um, a certain skill set. And then you hear all, he, he's one of those guys that's like now legend in Hollywood for how difficult he can be to work with. Really? Like when you start digging in, there's a lot of stories where it's like, apparently Bruce Willis is either the hardest actor like anyone has ever worked with, like directors, other actors, or he's like the nicest guy and you become best friends with him and it's perfect. Like there's no in between. Like you okay. can find for every horror story, there's another director that's like, when I worked with him, he we became like fast friends and it was perfect and we had a great relationship. And then other directors are like, he would not take direction uh, and we just fought the entire time and it was a mess. So <laughs> apparently he is a uh, hot and cold kind of guy. I mean, he's always hot, but yes. <laughs> uh, I'm always talking about boys, so welcome to the club. That is just the way it works. <laughs> yep, if you're new, this is what happens. <laughs> it is. We talk about horror, and I talk about hot boys. Hot um, boys. <laughs> hot men. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. our good old friend Lucas, Lego Horror Videos, dropped, I believe, the series finale. It is the series finale of Killer Clown. You check it out. I haven't yet to watch it. I've been so busy this morning, but it came out today and I can't wait. Cool. Yeah. So check it out. Follow him on the Insta and the YouTube. 
He's just a, a dynamite talent. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see if he does another ongoing series like this. Yeah. Know, or, it was cool. It was very cool. I definitely uh, uh, would like to see some more stuff and maybe even uh, flesh that out, man, into like a screenplay. I wonder if you could find uh, collaborators. So speaking of killer clowns, if you had to save or kill it or killer clowns from outer space, which one do you save and which one do you let die? Holy shit. And you can <laughs> choose whichever it you'd like, whether it's the the one from the 80s or early 90s. Which is it? Early 90s. Early 90s. Uh, oh, man. I mean, I love it. Uh, I love it. The book, of course, is the best version of it. Um, and that's funny, too, because it's like you have Pennywise on the one hand, who uh, a fantastic character. It's just a really, you know, great concept. Uh, however, the movies, I feel like, have not fully... I don't think... It, 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 the newer movies are better than the TV movie, but I still don't think they did total justice, you know, for the concept. Uh, whereas Killer Clowns from Outer Space, man, that's just like, it's a great fun ride all the way around. Like it's not supposed to be high art and it doesn't try to be. Uh, so unfortunately I'm going to save the Killer Clowns. I might, this might shock people. I know Pennywise is so beloved, but, um, we're talking movies here. So I'm saying axe the it movies (laughs) and I'm keeping Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I feel like I recently heard that Netflix is supposed to be, I don't know if they're doing a series or they want to like do another film, but I've heard that they have their hand in wanting to do. Yeah. I just saw a blurb. Uh, The Chiodo brothers, uh, who was the entire, they were the directors, the writers, the special effects guys behind the original killer clowns. Uh, They're like, uh, is there four of them? I don't know. Sorry guys. I don't know how many of you there are, but it's a bunch of their brothers. Uh, I think they're from Michigan. Oh, wow. I want to say originally. I might be wrong there, but I thought they were from Michigan originally. But That's where we are. Yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, they've they been trying to do this for like, since the original came out, they've been trying to make a sequel. Um, and it just hasn't happened. I think there's something to do with rights. Various studios have owned the intellectual property and it's kind of wonky as to who actually owns it now. So I think that's why it's taken so long to see any track but but you know that movie i saw that as a kid on tv scared the hell out of me uh the giant clown at the end was just like this is horrifying uh but cool i mean it's always just it's a comfort movie for me i can watch it a million times and it's just fun yeah it's been forever since i've seen it and i all i remember are cotton candy cocoons oh yeah right yeah and they suck the blood out of the people or (laughs) <laughs> whatever's going on there they got the tubes coming out of them with sucking stuff out yeah but yeah i need to rewatch killer clowns from outer space because it's been a long time but i remember finding it fun and scary because i was young younger when it came out but is that is that the one you would save too, killer clowns or would i you would say- probably save it i wasn't a big fan of the remake like i enjoyed them both and i like to watch them i just felt like some of the Special effects were too CGI oriented and yeah, like the original miniseries had a problem ending it. And I thought that the movies had a problem ending it. Yeah, Yeah, they did. It was just silly. I think that I still think the first movie of the new two 
I think the first one is a much better movie than the second one was. Uh, yeah. They're both okay. They're both enjoyable, but I think one was better than two. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I also think all the kids stuff is more compelling in the book than the uh, most of the adult okay. <laughs> stories. Um, or at least how the movies have portrayed them for sure. Did you watch anything this week? Any horror films? Uh, since last episode we spoke, I mentioned the movie Reptilicus on uh, the Danish Godzilla ripoff. Uh, so I jumped online and I was trying to find it because uh, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I must own this now. I don't know why I need to have Reptilicus in my collection. Uh, and there was a Blu-ray that Scream Factory had put out uh, that apparently went out of print uh, just this year. So I was like, shit, I can't get it anymore. Uh, so I found it on eBay <laughs> and I bid on nice. eBay and got a copy, which showed up yesterday. Uh, so I watched Reptilicus uh, and it is just a fun, bad monster destroys Copenhagen. Um, <laughs> but it comes, the, the disc comes as a double feature uh, where the second feature is a flick called Tentacles. Oh. Which is a Italian produced i guess they shot it in like california on location in california but it was made by italians uh and it's a jaws ripoff but with a giant octopus and it is one of the weirdest freaking movies i've ever seen john houston is the lead in it like it's got these big like shelly winters is in there too like it's got these you know oscar winning performers in this 70s italian like, instead of the shark fin in the water, it's the top of the octopus's head, like, <laughs> zooming around, and it, it, uh, it's so weird. It's, and it's re- overly long. It's like an hour and 40-something minutes, and you're like, this is too much for an octopus-killing-people movie because there's just long stretches of what I, I, I assume they thought they were doing character development, but it's really just people talking like boringly about stuff that has nothing to do with the fact that there's a killer octopus out there. Okay. Um, yeah, it was weird, man. Not, not great, but it was a trip. And the, the film score, it, it was weird. Like it had like this super bombastic, like symphonic. It sounded like it should be in a war movie, like really like huge you're it sounds like it should be going with this huge action but that it's just like an octopus knocking boats over in the water that you're like this is so jarring with this music to watch uh it was weird i can't i can't fully describe it people but look up tentacles watch some clips online and you'll be like (laughs) this is a weird ass movie so i did watch that and in the spirit of the season and i feel like it's horror adjacent uh i did watch scrooged with Bill Murray uh, again uh, last week, something like that. Uh, I've never seen it. You know, it, it's it's a favorite, personal favorite. Scared the shit out of me as a kid because the ghost, some of the ghosts that are in there are, you know, straight up 80s horror movie characters. So horror adjacent, you know. Okay. It's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a Christmas Carol, but with Bill Murray sure. as, a, as a TV executive. So it's, it's wonderful. Cool. Um, last Sunday morning, I woke up and had a, a little uh, horror double feature, and it, they were both horrible. Um, <laughs> first of all was Game of Death, which came out in 2017, but I keep seeing trailers for it. So, like, I don't know what they're trying to do with it. 
but these kids find this weird game like in like their uncle's house and like you put your fingers on the game and it like pricks your finger and like draws blood and then this like timer starts and it says like there's like a little like the instructions say like you must kill 23 people or if you don't like one by one each of you will die and they're like whatever and they like go about you know getting high and like swimming in the pool and all of a sudden one of the guy's heads explodes and then by the time the second one happens they realize it's the game and they therefore have to there's like eight of them they have to go around and start killing people so that all of their heads don't explode and it's just so bad it's Mm. i mean there's lots of blood which is fun like just buckets and buckets and buckets everyone's just like covered in blood because of all these exploding heads but just bad um, and then I watched the new craft, the craft legacy is its title. Cause my friend Tony says it is his least favorite film of the year so far. Um, he ranked it below the turning, which I thought was dreadful. So I said, you know, I'm going to watch it and see how bad it is because I love the original. And you know, the first 30 minutes or so I was like, this is not bad. Like this is decent. Like I thought the girls were real good. They use a trans actress and I love that. And then David Duchovny's in it and there's just, it takes a real stupid turn with him and, and I hated it. And the end is just, I mean, the last, the last half is just miserable. Not David Duchovny. (laughs) Yep. I know you're an X-Files fan, but he can suck a dick. Oh, David. (laughs) He's another actor. I mean, he's not gifted in his range. That's for sure. There's really like one speed he has. So those were two really bad movies. And last night, um, oh, and I also watched Satan Slaves, which you are correct, is a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same director who did Impedagor. It's on mm-hmm. Shutter, and loved it. It was very good. So, I mean, if you want an Indonesian double feature, you should watch Impedagor and Satan Slaves. They are both so good. And Gerald's Game. I also watched Gerald's Game last night. Um, I had seen it before. Joe had not. Mm-hmm. And we watched it and I loved it so much once more. And he was not such a fan. Oh. That often is the case. With I, I, th- I think that's one of the better Stephen King adaptations too, especially to come out in a long time. Especially because it, like when you read it, I read it when it first came out, which I think was, um, I looked it up, I think 92. Mm. So, I mean, I was a wee lad, like I, you know, probably like 12 or 13. Um, but I remember it vividly and it's often been said as an unfilmable book of his and they did Mm -hmm. such a good job. They really, yeah, they did. Yeah. It was a very good movie from what I remember. I saw it when it first premiered on Netflix. So it's been a little while, but I remember it being very good. Yeah. He was very confused by the midnight man. And I can understand that. I think it is a confusing aspect. Like with the first time you watch it, just cause you don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, and that was like, I think one of the big hangups with him, but, um, but yeah, I loved it. I just love Mike Flanagan. I'm a fan again. That's a thing from, it's only a podcast that they say they're fan and I am too. Um, except for I've never finished before I wake. I tried watching it when it first came out and I did not enjoy it. So I didn't finish it, but I've heard good things. So I'm going to have to go back and watch it. And I was thinking too, game of death, you know, that's not to be confused with the Bruce Lee, uh, classic martial arts flick game of death so are there no exploding heads in that one i don't think any heads explode uh maybe some 
parts. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen that one in a very long time, so I don't remember. I think Game of Death is the one where he wears the uh, that iconic yellow jumpsuit uh that then you know uma thurman would be in in the kill bill first kill bill movie sure love that yep so game of death the original probably better than this newer movie using that title i imagine you are correct i've also this week really been into this um youtube channel it's called insider and they have these videos that are like pro acting coach breaks down dot 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 and then like they have this acting coach who sort of breaks certain scenes down either like dying scenes crying scenes but there was one that was horror scream scenes and so they have this acting coach like break down like whose screams does he like really believe and which screams are motivated and which are bullshit and stuff like that and it was super fun um he covers the, the guy's screaming troll too, where he's like, they're eating them. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yes>. That's, <laughs> That's Troll that. 2 is one of the best movies. So good. Ever. It's so bad, but it, I, it's five stars in my book. It's one yeah. of the best movies. I quote Troll 2 so much. <laughs> um, and he also talks about like Jennifer Love Hewitt and um, I know what you did last summer and Drew Barrymore in Scream, um, Janet Lee mm-hmm. in Psycho. Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween. It's a it's a fun little video. He covers 13 of them. And I just, it's it's super fun. I mean, acting coaches are all like a little bit of bullshit because there's a million ways to act. I don't think any one person can say, here's how you do it and here's the right way. But I just think it's fun to hear someone who fancies himself a professional to say like, you know, I believe this person when they cry or when they scream or when they die. Um, so I, I'm a, check them out. I found a, a YouTube channel uh, called Up From the Depths. Uh, and he reviews giant monster movies, uh, like exclusively. So it's like every cool. Godzilla's on there, every Gamera, like Clover, you know, anything with a giant monster in it. Uh, he's probably done a review of or probably has coming up. Uh, but there was, I was going to send a video to you uh, from him. Uh, and I, I totally forgot about it. So now I got to go back and try and find it again. But it was the top 10 uh, Godzilla movies to like give somebody who has is not into kaiju movies like at all. Okay. Uh, so I was like, I should send that to you so you can take a look at it. And he excluded from the list. Um, or it was like the best Godzilla movies to get people into Godzilla movies. He excluded the original and like uh one of the better American versions and stuff like that. Cause he's like, I'm going to go with the more fun stuff. So uh, I, I need to track it down again. And uh, I can send that to you so you can at yeah. least get a, a, a taste of what else uh, that genre encompasses with like how weird and crazy it can go. But uh, so yeah, check that guy out if you're into giant monsters. And on HBO Max, I was scrolling through their horror films the other day, and they have the original Godzilla and King of the Monsters and probably a a whole handful of them. Mm -hmm. So if you have HBO Max, I hadn't even looked on there. I would have watched the OG when we, you gave it to me um, before. So I may, you know, at some point if I get bored, go back and watch it. But I think I'm going to move on to the campier ones. I think that's what I would like to do. That's what, that's what you should, if you watch anything else, watch one of the campier, the maybe something from the 70s godzilla versus mecha godzilla or something like that those are uh those are goofy and fun all right so let's share our scares and i'm gonna go first this week 
and I've gone back and forth in my head now, like three times as we started this, but I definitely want to veer off of the path that I've been on for some while. So I'm going to give you the ritual. The ritual. Yes. Yes. This is a, I, I, of course, not seen it, but I know a little bit, I think, about this. This is a Netflix movie? Yes. Correct? Okay. And I remember a podcast or two that I listened to in the past. I remember them talking about this when it came out. Uh, so I know it has something to do with some folk horror, I think. I think they're in like Sweden or Norway or Scandinavia or something like that. Uh, and there's something to do with some, they're tying into some folklore, some like Viking uh, or occult stuff. Uh, and I think there's monsters. Okay. But that's all I know. Uh, so I think it's about some, as these things go, I know it's, there's woods because the images I remember seeing, like the promo images always showed, I may have seen a trailer too. I remember there just being forests. So I think it's about some people going to the woods where they shouldn't be, of course, or they go off the trail and they find something that people haven't seen in a long time. Some sort of, I'm going to say a Viking burial ground. Uh, <laughs> and they do a ritual that maybe they heard about or, I don't, or accident, like these things always do, where you're like, here's a book, let's read it, you know, and <laughs> that sort of thing, where it's like, why are you doing this? Uh, and then they read it out loud, and then monsters come and kill them. I think that's what's going to happen. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm excited, because I heard this movie was good. I will say that much. I think, I, I, I remember there being uh, review blurbs out that were like, you know, check this out. This is a fun horror movie, Netflix exclusive and i remember it being hot for a minute like everything on netflix like when they do an original thing it comes out and it's super popular for a minute and then we all stop talking about it because that's right. the nature of the streaming world but yeah uh yeah so i'm excited to check this out cool and yeah i just realized i'm giving you yes that for two weeks in a row a netflix movie but you know these are accessible films so yeah if you have a hard time finding some things you, you know you can probably find this there you go cool well i'm excited to hear what you think of it yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, so let me think what I'm going to give you really quick and finish up. We're still going to be in Japan. Uh, I know that much. I think this will be my final week of Japanese weirdness that I'm giving you. Uh, okay. I wanted to, because I realized I did a movie from the 50s. Uh, so that's like earlier cinema, uh, modern cinema in Japan. And then House is from the 70s, and that represents a whole other era of Japanese cinema. So I wanted to bring it up to the modern, or closer to right now, uh, and closer to some of the sensibilities that are out there. Because I know now a lot of people think of, when they think of Japanese horror, there's a whole subsection of just super gory, super crazy movies that are out there. And it wasn't on the list, so I hope to God you haven't seen this. Tetsuo the Iron Man? I have not. Sweet. Okay, good. That's what I'm giving you. Tetsuo the Iron Man. I think that this is the movie where someone turns into, like, a machine, and it just keeps happening. Like, I've seen it on some of these, like, weirdest movies you've never seen or whatever, sort of, like, compilations. I watch a lot of those on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um so I don't know how it happens. If I'm on track here, I think that someone, I mean, like lots of these Asian films, I feel like it's a curse, but I feel like maybe not. I, I don't know if someone like eats 
a piece of metal and then they start turning into a machine <laughs> or um or you know what? i'm gonna go with this i'm gonna go with someone has like a car accident it's kind of like the movie crash like not the oscar winning no one, the cronenberg like the, the cronenberg the cool one, one. The, the like weird kind of hot sometimes and kind of just disturbing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the kinky weird one. Yep, um, kind of like that. Like someone gets in a car accident and somehow the metal in the car gets like impaled in them and their body starts growing around it and then they start becoming like a machine. Some sort of accident where metal or machinery is embedded in a person and their body starts to morph around it. And then things get out of control. I think that they grow into a giant, a big machine. I know it's weird as fuck. Um, yes, I, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm giving you another movie that like <laughs> sensibility wise, it's in line with House. Uh, like it is also just a mind fuck, so. Okay. Um, and I think that, you know, as this starts to happen to this person, I think they sort of, as often as the case when someone gets a little too much power or, you know, when things start to change, they start to lose a bit of who they once were and they become, their mind is more machine than human and they turn more into a monster than a person. And um, I feel like it's going to be like the fly, like someone that the person loves is going to have to be the one to take them down. I think it's a him. I think it is the Iron oh, the Man. Iron. So, <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah, that's a, that's what I'm going with. I think it's on Shutter as well. Okay, so it should be easy to, you know, I know it's for some reason it's one that's floated around on streaming services. Like I think I originally watched it on Netflix like a million years ago. So it's like one of those ones that it streams all over for some reason so and i think it's black and white it is okay you are correct it, yeah it's 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 got an art house edge to it that uh but it's weird man it's okay <laughs> you'll see you'll see well i'm excited i it's definitely one i would never sit down and say i'm gonna watch this tonight um mm -hmm. but now i will and i'm looking forward to it I'm pretty sure that was it was a movie that I also did not seek out to sit down and watch, but I think like a friend or something was like, look up this fucked up movie on Netflix and watch it. So I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and it'll live in your brain pan for a while after you see it. So Okay. Much like House. Yes, that one's never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess we're going to take a break here and watch some mother flipping movies. That's mother flipping right. Cue Nick Kastriba. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Guess who's back? Back <laughs> again. Jeremy's back with and Brandy Joe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. Uh -huh. I used to dance. I was back living home in Wyoming for the summer when that song came out. And I would queen out to some Eminem out on like the small town bar <laughs> dance floor. I mean, that song just got me so riled up. And of course, shockingly, I think Eminem is super hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Oh, Funny I enough, I had a buddy back in our, our bar hanging out, you know, days. Uh, we used to do karaoke all the time. 
and my one buddy could do like every Eminem song. Uh, and he got so Sam talking about you. Uh, he got <laughs> so good at it. Like freaking, uh, uh, serving people like waitresses and stuff at the bars would like pay him to go up and do Eminem. Uh, oh, at karaoke. Cause that- he's good. That, he must have been great. The boy's got some flow, so he can go up there and <laughs> spit it out. We were, uh, we were the karaoke bullies, because <laughs> we know what we were doing. Oh, I see. Like, like you were on the message board you talked about, where people were like, "You're the most annoying one." Is yeah, that almost, like but, in pers- but in person, oh, in God. real life, because oh, we were no. just like, we got some showmanship. We know what's up. Oh, no, it was all in good fun. We were, <laughs> we were there to have a good time. So we watched the movies. Yeah, we're back. Uh, Nico, uh, time has passed since we last talked. We actually stopped and watched the movies. This is not a put on. <laughs> so just know that. Um, so let's dive in. Um, let's talk about the ritual first. What, what did you think of it? Well, what's that synopsis, my friend? Oh my gosh, right. Letterbox. <laughs> a group of college friends reunite for a trip to the forest, but encounter a menacing presence in the woods that's stalking them. Ooh. I like that it doesn't t- tell that. Like, if you read that, you wouldn't get the whole gist. No. Uh, Very th- basic, and I appreciate that. This movie was fucking awesome. Oh, uh, good. I was, I was wondering, like, did you know that you were going to give me something that I would connect to on a bunch of personal levels watching this movie? I did not. Uh, but I did try to stray from, like, I've been doing so Because female heavy horror is like my go-to. And I was like, I need to branch off a little bit and do something with a lot of masculine energy is kind of what I was aiming for. And I think you, uh, I, I think you were trying to uh, connect with me a little bit somehow. Because, <laughs> you know, it's all well and good. Uh, I was even saying to my wife that like, oh, I, Brandy Joe gives me these movies. Like, I love to have my viewpoint expanded. I want to see things from different, you know, points of view, like any, I would say, healthy person that's trying to grow and better themselves <laughs> as a human being does. Uh, and it, it, that's all, you know, well and good. But a lot of these strong female, and I respect a strong female character. But since I myself am not a female, uh, and some would argue how strong I am, really. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> since I am not a woman, uh, sometimes there is that level of disconnect, like relating to stories that are so female-centric, where I'm like, I can respect it, I get it, uh, but it, it takes a little bit of work, is what I'm saying, to you know really connect to the story sometimes. Uh, but this movie is just about, I saw somebody describe it as the Blair Witch with lads. Uh, online. Lads. So, with lads and i was like yeah that's that's the lads that's the boys i connected right away right off the bat with the group of guys just broing out uh where i'm like yep i've been there that has been part of my life my background uh they go on a shitty camping trip i've been there too uh, so there was an immediate connection just right there i was like i get it i get these guys uh i love their Added, they were almost self-aware that they knew they were in a horror movie because there are moments where they're like, let's get the fuck out of this creepy cabin and burn it down after we leave. And I'm like, that's how I would react to this. Um, but uh, even more so, they're in Sweden. So I am Swedish. I am of Swedish oh, heritage. My, I did not um, know that. Yeah, my mom's, uh, my, my mom's mom, my maternal grandmother, her dad was an immigrant from Sweden. Um, and so, interesting enough, I grew up with my grandma telling me stories about trolls 
uh, and, you know, Thor and Odin and like bits of Norse mythology she, that she grew up with from her dad. Uh, and, and so that stuff has always been, I always thought it was really good fodder for um, horror movies because uh, the Norse, Nordic mythology, Scandinavian mythology is just so uh, dark, really. I mean, you know, a lot of mythology is, it has monsters and whatever, but the Norse stuff is all death-centric. Like, everything is about death, dying, the dead talking to you. <laughs> uh, and it gets real dark. So I can see why a movie like this, The Ritual, where spoilers people, it's essentially a troll is what's after them. Uh, and that was like the direction I was leaning to, where I'm like, this thing is going to turn out to be something from actual Scandinavian lore. Uh, and when they, you know, was it a, a Jotun is the name of the thing, I think they say. So yeah, they, they say uh, in the movie, they use that word and then you look it up and that's from actual Norse mythology. Uh, it's kind of like one of those, uh, it's, it's a word that doesn't translate to English, I don't think, um, like at least properly, because they're like, it, it's a deity kind of, but it's also a spirit. You know, it means a lot of things in their religion. Uh, modern translations will say giant or troll or dwarf, because these are all kind of interchangeable creatures from, you know, they're not the fun bearded guys and shit from, you know, Peter Jackson movies. These are all like primordial uh, spirits is what these things are supposed to be. Um, and I guess it's the spawn of Loki that also ties into mm -hmm. old Norse mythology, because Loki apparently got around and he begat a bunch of like monsters uh, <laughs> that uh, roamed the earth forevermore. Um, but yeah, I really appreciated that. So see, you're getting into my Norse heritage, my Viking heritage here where I'm like, oh God, yeah, this is cool as hell. And it's also um, like a shapeshifter. Like that's also so cool yeah. about it. Like it's not so, just this straight up monster. It can do things. So yeah, I, um, I saw on IMDb's trivia, uh, because I'm a huge nerd of these things. I'm also Polish, so I know a bunch of like Slavic uh, stuff I've read into over the years, you know, getting to know your roots. Um, and there is a creature, uh, spirit, God, I don't know what it is, another one of these things where you're like, spirit, God, monster in ancient times, this is all just synonyms for the same thing, um, called the Leshy, which is from Polish uh, and Slavic, uh, ancient religions, pre-Christian religions. Uh, and I guess it was a spirit, a forest deity or spirit. Uh, and that's what I was thinking in my head is like, this reminds me of the, the Leshy that I've read about, which is like a big deal in Slavic folklore still to this day. Uh, it's a forest spirit that like you don't go in the woods and you show respect to the woods or it's going to come and kill you essentially. Uh, and it's supposed to be like a giant, grotesque giant that changes shape at will. Uh, and that's exactly what I was like, oh, this is, that's this thing. And then I went on D IMDb and people were saying like, yeah. it may have been inspired by the Leshy. And I was like, whoa, uh, I was right on track with, you know, I was really on the wavelength with this movie. Um, and it was just cool. Uh, it really reminded me of The Thing, like atmosphere wise, John Carpenter's mm -hmm. The Thing. It had that paranoia and there's a formless changing horror after them. Um, the monster itself was just cool as hell, man. It was like a giant so cool. 
antlered reindeer thing, but it, it had, had like, like a, human arms. Yeah, it had like hands. a tiny guy growing out of its face, or like yeah. where the face should be was like. Oh, I love like, the face with those little eyes. Yeah, the little eyes and arms, like a little human was growing out of there. Uh, and I love that scene where you're just looking, where he's like looking down through the woods, and all of a sudden it just moves. And yeah, it's like it's, been there the whole scene yeah, like as he's looking, but then it moves and you're like, oh my God, I was right there. Yeah, that's so cool. I like, there's that shot at the end too when it stands up uh, and all these extra arms start coming out of it. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like a totem. And you're like, uh, yes, because that's a big part of, you know, Viking uh, ancient Norse religion was totem worship and things like this. And human sacrifice, of course. Uh, and which is why they're sacrificing the ritual, the sacrificing people, uh, because that was a big part. Odin demanded human sacrifice per their uh, religion to keep him appeased. So, you know, that was a big part of ancient uh, rites, especially burning, you know, the fire too. Like a lot of things here where I wonder, I know this is based on a novel, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the author, how they must have done some research, like they must have gone deep into all this pagan uh, tradition and folklore, because it was very uh, right on. Yeah, the Q&A, they talk about that it's not a complete departure from the novel, but there it definitely is very different, or it has many differences, which I appreciate. It's like, I mean, when you love a book, you want it to be very true to the novel, but I also mm-hmm. appreciate that they kind of do their own things. So I would be interested to read it in here. Oh, absolutely. Um, See what the differences are. And I love that they don't get hardcore into what the ritual is and what this monster, like you just kind of have this vague idea based on what the one woman says, really. And Mm -hmm. just sort of like the setup you see there with the, like the sort of mummies and like the church upstairs. That are still kind of alive. That are still kind of alive. Holy shit. And then he just lights them on fire, like without even thinking. And I was like, (laughs) that would be my reaction too. Like, let's burn these fuckers. Like this is over. And while you talked about, they do seem somewhat like they're familiar with, you know, things that happen in horror movies and stuff. I, it has that sort of, horror trope that drives me nuts where like they all had this shared sort of horrible dream like they had a horrible night's rest things like did not sit well they had scary dreams they're scared shitless yet they don't talk about it which i guess is kind of a guy thing to do they Mm -hmm. don't want to talk about how they were scared and why they pissed themselves and why they were naked upstairs (laughs) like they don't want to get into it but at the same time i'm like come on like talk about it and like understand you all are having a shared experience and this is fucked up and something's going on as opposed to being like no i don't want to talk about no nothing we just need to get out of here like i'm like just talk about it guys talk about your emotions there is a, a sense of uh, reality there too, because I was thinking about, like in the beginning of the movie, when he is afraid to act and he hides and his buddy gets killed in the robbery. That like, uh, that was that was another thing that I was like, oh, that's a very uh, real and heavy, you know, subject matter that survivor's guilt. But also, um, lo- luckily, nobody I know, you know, it hasn't gotten that bad. But I have had friends who have ended up in similar very hairy situations where they very easily could have just been killed in a random act of violence like that um and it's kind of the thing where they just like oh yeah that happened (laughs) and then they don't talk about it ever and you're like yeah i know there's some emotional problems now but it's a very um i feel like it's a very uh you know cisgender 
straight man yeah, thing you're right. to do is like it's a very macho thing from our culture at large to just be like nope uh i i lived so i'm fine there's, <laughs> there's the deep emotional problems underneath uh then the nightmare set in you know <laughs> i loved the um how the the convenience store kept like appearing in the forest but it would just kind of be like in bits and pieces like just the fluorescence the flashing fluorescence or just the ground or there would just be like a cooler like and among all the trees like i love that so much very cool just design the way they did that. I thought that was very cool. And, and it does evoke a very dream, you know, a very realistic dream-like quality there. Cause I feel like uh, my dreams that I do remember sometimes are like that where I'm like, I'm outside, but I'm also inside a house at the same time. Like that same, you know, disconnect of there is no, uh, uh, the geography has no coherency anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I love that dream. Uh, when that dream quality is realized on film. And I also loved that what the ritual is has so many different, like it can fall on so many levels. Like they come out there to sort of pay homage to their friend who died. Like that in and of itself is sort of a, the ritual of them coming out to honor him and mm -hmm. this trip they said they were going to take. Like, and then there's just all these different layers to it. And I love that. Yeah, that was very cool. And that lead actor, man, he was, uh, he's good. I know him only from supporting roles uh, in like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, uh, you know, the Nick Frost, Simon Pegg movies. I know he's friends with them. So he's appeared in uh, some of their flicks and just real, you know, minor supporting character roles. So to see him as a lead, I was like, oh, wow, boy's got some chops. And did you look into the director? Did you look into? I actually didn't at all. I was hoping you'd enlighten me. The director's name is David Bruckner. Oh, okay. And you'll probably know him most. Um, he directed a movie called The Signal, which I've not seen, but I've heard great things about. I've heard that was a good movie. But he directed the segment in the first VHS film, Amateur Night, with the guys who bring the girl home to the hotel. Oh! The motel. Yeah! He didn't direct the movie based on that, Siren. Because I know yeah. they made a full movie. Did, but he didn't direct that. And I heard the movie was uh, mixed reviews, yeah. I want to say. Because I, I, I remember reading a lot of people were like, the, the shorter segment in VHS is better than the full length. And it is. It's my favorite of the segments. It was really one. good. Yeah. Uh, that's like one of the... I was not... Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the first VHS. Uh, I thought that segment was good. I like VHS 2 more uh, as mm. a whole. Um, and right. I don't. I don't think I saw the third. Is there a fourth now too? I don't know. I think there's just three. I think three's viral. I want to say it's called. Okay, just the three. I, I never saw three. three. I liked two. Uh, I don't know. I might be off base too. I just like segments from them. I think. That, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. as whole movies, they're not necessarily phenomenal. He also directed a segment in um, Southbound, although I don't remember it well enough to be like, oh, it was this segment. I just know he did direct one of them. Okay. And then he directed a movie called The Night House, which was at Sundance January 2020. So, you know, we're still waiting around for that one. But it was pretty well received. I know very little about it. And mm -hmm. he is listed on IMDb as being the director of the reboot of Hellraiser. Oh, cool. Not the HBO series. But the supposed movie they've been working Correct. on forever. Okay. Correct. 
You know, and I didn't see anything anywhere. Uh, the, the, the monster, the creature in the movie too, it did remind me a bit of um, uh, the, the movie Princess Mononoke, the, uh, the anime uh, feature film. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with it. I hear it, it's great. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's one of those ones everyone throws around. Like, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. You know, it's always in those conversations. Uh, it is a very good movie. But essentially, the plot of that is, you know, it's got the, it's set in like a feudal medieval Japan, but like a fantasy world. And there's a clash between these human populations and these forest dwellers, gods, spirits that are like, there's a giant boar, there's giant wolves. Uh, but there's this one that's this like deer thing with like a human face. Creepy. Uh, that shows up. It's creepy looking. It's like supposed to be friendly, but it's really creepy looking. Um, and I do like, that's immediately what I thought of seeing this creature. So I'm like, did they, they had to be watching some anime or something. I didn't see anywhere that anyone said that. Well, we were inspired by this, but it's like, it looks like uh, you guys checked out some of, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Miyazaki's movies. Cause he does some real fantastical creatures in his, uh, in his uh, animated films that are like, I could see them getting some inspiration from something like that. My favorite review comes from someone named C. H. Newell from, I love the name of this publication, Father, Son, Holy Gore. <laughs> mm. like the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Mm. And he says, he or she or they say, the ritual is about the rituals through which we put ourselves to dull our mistakes and weaknesses, and also those that allow us to break free of them. And I love that. I do love that. This movie really did have that uh, underlying character. Was it Luke is the name of the main character? Luke's- Correct, uh, yeah. Luke's survivor's guilt over mm-hmm. losing his buddy and being there when it happened. And it got, the end got me this time. I cried. Like when he's like screaming at that monster, like it got me. Yeah. Yeah. And the monster, I was trying to figure out, maybe I was misreading or mishearing part of the movie. Um, but the one woman is telling him that he's going to be like part of their, I, I wasn't, sure I understood that the monster was supposed to kill him. Like he was supposed to become one with those people now. That is my understanding. Like if you, yeah. like all those people have gone through some very emotional trauma. trauma, And he's the only one that has that pain. So he was the one that was going to live and join them in their cult. So I, that's my assumption why the monster didn't just kill him. It hesitated because it knows he's different. Uh, at least that's what I took away from it. Yeah. I think it, so. It's it's some sort of pain feeding or in, infused <laughs> creature. So it saw him as like, oh, you're one of my people. So you're not a sacrifice. And you saw Andy Serkis is like one of yeah, the Yeah, and I was and Gollum himself is uh one of the producers. I was like, that's cool as hell. <laughs> because I know he, you know, more than just being, you know, the motion capture actor of our generation, he's the uh He's also like a director and a producer himself. And he's been doing a lot of stuff. I feel kind of like under the radar, not as recognized for, you know, all his producing and uh, directing credits. But um, yeah, this was just a good flick. I really enjoyed the recommendation. I I know I had heard that this was a good movie and I kept putting it off. So I was glad to finally see it. So yeah, your prediction of what it was about was pretty right on something yeah. to do with some folk horror in sweden 
um, Viking or occult stuff. There are monsters. It's about the woods. People go into the woods where they shouldn't go or go off trail. Where you went off a little bit was you said a Viking burial ground or they do a ritual that they heard about or read about in a book. Like, oh, yeah. here's a book. Let's read this. Um, and then the monsters come and get them. That aspect wasn't right, but everything else was pretty dead on. Pretty, pretty dead on. Also, I don't know why, but uh, just the tone of this movie maybe the gloomy like cinematography and it had that really cool score uh, of just, you know, the abrasive like sounds every so often. Like I, I'm a sucker for, uh, I love film scores, but I really like uh, abrasive weird ones like this that are more <laughs> like soundscapes, but there is a video game. Well, it's a video game series, but the first one's the best one. There's a video game called Ed space uh, from years ago. I'm sure. If any listeners are video game people, they probably know it. It's, it's, it's essentially uh, the thing or, or maybe a little bit of Hellraiser, but in outer space because you're this guy on a spaceship that's been overrun by these creatures that turn dead bodies into just mangled monsters that come after you. But I want this guy to direct the movie adaptation of Dead Space because <laughs> uh, watching this movie, for some reason, it was invoking that game, the same feeling I had playing that game the first time, which is like constant sense of dread. Uh, in a confined environment, you're walking around these, you know, spaceship settings, not knowing, you're just hearing abrasive, you know, sounds everywhere. You don't know what's coming for you at any given time. Uh, and that's kind of how this movie was, was just walking through the woods. And then they're like, it's out there. Uh, it could be right on top of us. And we have no idea because we, you know, it's the classic tale of the interlopers. You know, it's Hansel and Gretel off in the woods, not even realizing the danger that's out there. So. Yeah, the director in an interview said he was less inspired by Blair Witch than he was by The Wicker Man. I can see that. Yeah. To me, it felt like Blair Witch 1 and 2. Like, it felt like the two of them. Yeah, mix them together. Yeah, which I'm not a fan of Book of Shadows. I hated it. Even though lots of people still talk about to this day, like, oh, it's misrepresented. And it's yeah, so good. I, don't I know it's a, it's a movie now that everyone's like, it's a misunderstood classic. And <laughs> it's making me want to rewatch it because I've not seen it since, you know, I was like a teenager and don't was just cry. like, this is garbage. Uh, and yeah. It had like a couple Marilyn Manson songs in it. And I'm like, that's the redeeming quality. That's it. <laughs> Other than that, this movie's garbage. Yeah, but it did have, so, it did remind me of that a little bit. For okay. sure. Yeah, I can see that. A little Blair Witch. I was thinking a little The Thing, a little Blair Witch. Um, definitely The Wicker Man. I've never seen The Wicker Man, but I feel like I have because I've seen Midsommar and... I know exactly how it ends. So I'm kind of like, well, do I need to see it? Cause I feel like I, yeah. like I have. I've seen uh, the original Wicker Man, I think once ages ago. Uh, I don't feel that I appreciated it enough. Cause it's one of those movies that everyone's like, it's one of the best horror movies, one of the best movies ever made. And I'm like, I thought it was pretty boring the time I watched it, <laughs> but I don't think I was a uh, mature enough of viewer to, fully get it i'm way more familiar with the nick cage remake for its, <laughs> for its insane uh, b-movie qualities yeah i'm not b-movie i'm not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so how many out of five runes how many do you give this uh i give it a four uh and i think that's going to be a fluid rating i feel like i want to rewatch this movie for sure uh, and i bet my score will go up 
after I, if I rewatch it again. And because uh, this was a movie that seems like it rewards rewatches, uh, especially from the trivia I was reading. Because they're like, if you pay attention, you'll see these runes here, here, and here. And you know, there's little Easter eggy things, much like Hereditary. There was little bits where they're like, and any shot of the forest, you can actually see the creature's eyes somewhere in there. I saw uh, that. And I was like, oh shit, now I gotta go back and rewatch this and be like, oh, it's been there the whole time with them. Like, yeah, that's just, I think, I think it was, it was good. Four stars for now. I give it three and a half. And I have liked it on repeated viewings. I think this is the third time I've seen it, but it doesn't, it has never had the emotional punch that it did the first time for me. I really, really loved it the very first time. And the second mm-hmm. time, the person I was with didn't really like it much. And I could kind of sense that the whole time. So I didn't like it very much then. And this time I watched it with Joe. I've had it on a list of movies I wanted him to watch for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised he liked it at the end. Um, and I liked it more than the second time, but not as much as the first time. <laughs> um, I gotcha. But yeah, I give it three and a half. I, I really dig it though. I, I really am a sucker for, as much as I love female driven stories, I love a good like bromance buddy flick movie. Like where mm-hmm. the guys can just like, where they love each other and they're good friends. And and I, I, I maybe it's because I crave that. I don't have that a lot. Like I, I am definitely, you know, more of a, a ladies kind of guy. Well, that's what we're we're working on that with this podcast. <laughs> we really are. We're, we're working through my issues, your, your bromance issues. That's right. I'll I'll be your bromance. <laughs> oh, thanks. All right. Well, let's um shift some some gears here. To literally shift some gears, <laughs> some, <laughs> some metal to <laughs> Tetsuo the Iron Man, and I've got the uh, description up. Oh, good. Uh, if I could go ahead and read this. A metal fetishist, and that's in parentheses, quotations, uh, <laughs> driven mad by the maggots wriggling in the wound he's made to embed metal into his flesh, runs out into the night and is accidentally run down by a Japanese businessman and his girlfriend. The pair dispose of the corpse in the hopes of quietly moving on with their lives. However, the businessman soon finds that he is now plagued by a vicious curse that transforms his flesh into iron. That's a long ass description for a letterbox, but this movie needs a lot of words to describe such a short runtime. So take it away. It needs fucking something. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, this is a piece of work, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would have read this summary first because it would have. I would have understood a little bit more made a sense of the fucking plot. <laughs> Cause as it's going, like I, again, kind of like house, I had to write as things were happening. I had to write them down so I could sort of follow the plot as it's going. Cause it is definitely like, what the fuck is going on? But it, like halfway through, I'm like, so wait, is the guy from the very beginning, like they talk about the car wreck, but like, I didn't know if he was the same guy just cause it's so it happens all so fast. And there's, I was like, wait, is the guy from the very beginning who shoves the metal in his leg, who is he? Who are, like, I was just <laughs> so confused. And I didn't really know until like way down the line when you see the sort of flashback of, it's like at least halfway through, if not further. And you see mm-hmm. the guy and his girlfriend hit him with the car. And I'm like, okay, so he is, has like cursed him to become metal but it happened through this like woman outside the subway. Like somehow it happened there as opposed to just happening to him. Like, 
it was just the weirdest fucking thing. Like I thought house was weird, but it's nothing compared to this. Yes. This your your description is essentially the first time I ever saw this. Because uh, this was a movie like a friend was like, you like fucked up movies? Watch this thing I found on Netflix or something like that. And I did. And I'm like, what is happening? The entire movie <laughs> was like, I don't even know what the story is. Uh, it's just a collection of crazy scenes. It really is. I One of my very first notes was, so no character development? <laughs> no, nope. Because <laughs> it is just the weirdest thing. And here's the thing. House is fucking weird too. But it's a fun weird. Like, I enjoyed the weirdness. And maybe it's because it has that childlike quality because he based it on stories that his daughter told him. And this one, you know, I don't know. This guy was chewing on tinfoil and thought that this sounded fun. So he said, let's fucking do this or some yeah, shit. Th this movie <laughs> is, like, mind-numbingly weird. Uh, you know, abrasively weird abrasively um, weird is the best way to put it and while yeah. i thought house got exhausting at about an hour 10 i was exhausted here at about a minute 30. yes <laughs> this movie yeah it defies it defies description people uh it is just it needs to be seen to be understood i would say i would say not necessarily i would say you don't have to see it yeah because you won't <laughs> understand it uh because you won't it's just if you're into that sort of thing take a uh, look but so from what i understand i did a bunch of reading okay. uh, on the plot to make sense of it so the metal fetishist apparently that's accepted as the character's name that's the guy that shoves that iron rod in his leg in the beginning yeah. which ooh, that's a scene that like really makes me cringe like as far as the gore I mean, this movie, like most of, you know, the gore effects in this are very ridiculous. So it's pretty like, oh, this is just over the top and bizarre. But that scene in particular is like very, I thought that was cringe inducing, like shivers up my spine when he does that. Um, but then he gets run over and they get rid of his body. But I guess really he was a rust metal man or something. And he cursed that guy. But the lady at the station was actually him possessing her to attack him and like test okay. him and okay. it starts his metal powers coming because for some reason this guy's giving him metal powers i don't know also he was beaten up by a hobo with a iron rod as a child when he has that flashback at the end for in the middle of their fight okay um, that was a flashback that was supposed to be a flashback um what else is in there drill dick uh yep yeah that was pretty uh, that's the, that's all I remembered from the first time I saw it. This is only my second viewing of this movie. The first time I saw it, like all I remembered was I was like, oh yeah, and his dick turns into a giant drill <laughs> and his girlfriend. Sure the fuck does. And she's like, I'm open-minded, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but also before that was the scene that's maybe a dream sequence where his girlfriend is- Has the know, wire penis snake. Yeah, thing. and she's pegging him with the yeah. uh, like vacuum hose that's coming out of her crotch and yeah. like, I forgot about that part. And I was like, huh, that's, that's a thing. That old fever dream. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's in the old brain pan now. Uh, and yeah. And then at the end, it kind of becomes like the most fucked up episode of Power Rangers you've ever seen uh, where they're both metal men just fighting each other. Uh, and then they merge then they merge it was a little bit like from beyond that's what i was relating it to where they like merge but it's oh, yeah. metal. 
Uh-huh. At one point, someone said, what the fuck is this? This is unbelievable. And I wrote, exactly. Yes. <laughs> this, this movie, um, it, it, uh, I think it's the black and white cinematography and the fact that like half the time it's doing scenes that seem to be like glitching out or totally just surreal, like those fast moving tracking shots where the uh, yeah. person is stationary, yeah. but they're zipping around town. Oh, yeah. Uh, or it's, or it's like the camera is literally filming a TV screen with something staticky on it to begin with. Yeah. It feels like some bootleg ass VHS, like somebody gave you. Totally. Like this movie was never meant to be seen. And you feel like you're watching some like, this is some forbidden ass shit that's just, you know, is this part of a government program? Like I'm brainwashed now for having <laughs> watched this thing. Um, it did this time around though, watching it too, it did make me think though, remember when bands used to have cool ass music videos? Cause I'm no. like, this whole thing just feels like a <laughs> fucking weird music video. That's like 75 minutes too long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cut this down to like three minutes and this is like a nine inch nails video or like hundred percent or like a Rammstein video for sure. Like I could see that. In fact, one of the sequels, the music was done by Trent Reznor. The Iron Iron Hammer or something? Did I see? Well, yeah, the second one is Tetsuo 2, The Body Hammer. The Body Hammer. And then there's Tetsuo, there's a third one that's called Tetsuo, The Bullet Man. Oh. uh, Which I've seen that one. Uh, It's not nearly as interesting. That's like a glossier, bigger budget version of the same story, but it doesn't have the bizarreness of this one. So what does Tetsuo mean? Or is it a I, person's name? I assume it, it's a name. I'm fairly certain it's a it's a it's and a, which one it, of them is it then? The yeah, one that I hit by the car? I have no idea. I don't <laughs> know. I think, to guess though, which would you I think it's that? the the salary man, the business guy that turns into the metal man. Okay. I think. But I, uh there was yeah. one other good line, drop dead, you metal creep. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. But shortly after, my last note that I wrote was no, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this movie too, um, what's his name? Uh, Shinya Tsukamoto, the uh, director. Uh, So this was his first feature length movie. Uh, He, this movie became like an international cult sensation. Like this is for sure a B movie, midnight movie hit. Um, and he kind of predates this. Uh, this is the birth of, I haven't found a name for it. I see a lot of people call it Japanese splatter or uh, splatter punk, where uh, like Takeshi Mika, he exists because this movie happened. Like his whole career happened because, you know, and he does Ichi the Killer, uh, Dead or Alive, you know, these epically violent, you know, movies in their own rights. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other directors. There's a movie called like Tokyo Gore Police I've seen I've before, heard of that. Yeah. which is, it's also fucking bizarre. And like this, it's just for the over the top violence and ridiculousness. Uh, but this, this is the movie, this is the ground zero that pretty much afterwards, all these other Japanese filmmakers were like, we can be fucking weird too. Let's all do it. And you get all these crazy movies. Uh, that people often think about when they think Japanese horror, it's especially the modern incarnation. It's these fucking weird things uh, that people do. Uh, I actually watched a um, uh, interview 
uh, just before we started recording, or part of an interview, the BFI, British Film Institute, uh, did. Apparently, they published it on Halloween Day of this year uh, with uh, Shinya Tsukamoto, the director, because uh, I guess this movie was included in some film series they were doing on Japanese cinema. Um, and he was talking about his inspirations because I saw a lot of people are like, this is like early David Lynch. You know, there's an influence there or early Cronenberg. Uh, and in that interview, he did mention straight up that like Eraserhead and, and Videodrome respectively were huge influences uh, on his thinking for making this movie. Yeah, um, I've never seen Eraserhead. I've seen clips here and there. And from what I've seen, it felt like this to me, both yeah. in its black and white nature and just in its like, what the fuck is happening nature. Yeah, Eraserhead is a very loose narrative. I would willingly watch Videodrome. I probably would only watch Eraserhead if like you said, watch Eraserhead because- And I, I might do that too. <laughs> because it does, it does not appeal to me whatsoever. Yeah. Just like I would never have watched this, but I appreciate what it does. And they're definitely like the sort of creature design, if that's what you want to call it, mm -hmm. of like what they turn into is very cool looking. And it is commendable. Like it does, it is fascinating. It yeah. just like in that sense of like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense or we're not really diving into it. It's just happening. Yeah. It just happens to you. It happens to you. And I'm not <laughs> a big fan of that. I'm like, let me be emotionally invested. Let my heart, like if my heart can get into the story and I can like latch on to something with my emotions, man, that's, I, I love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. this is just a sensory overload that's like the point of this flick um i i saw I, I watched a review that somebody on youtube did i wish i could remember your name and i would shout you out but i found some guy on youtube he reviewed the trilogy of tetsuo movies but on this first one uh he did mention that there are people and i wondered this too watching it because at the very end the fetishist oh yeah the metal fetishist guy too that is the director playing the character so okay a little bit of trivia there uh, but at the end, he says, like, our love, after they've fused together, that line is like, our love will destroy the world or whatever. They can't defeat our love. Uh, mm -hmm. So there is this train of thought where people are saying that this movie is metaphorically about the businessman discovering his homosexuality. Um, and because there are a couple scenes with the fetishist that I'm like, this is almost, they're practically in a lover's embrace uh, mm -hmm. towards the end when the guy is, you know, uh, he gets all gussied up and dances around and then <laughs> appears and is like all on top of him. Uh, I was waiting for the kiss to happen, but it doesn't in that scene. Uh, so there is some tension. I think there's some definite sexual tension <laughs> between those characters. So, okay, I can see that. The reviewer, of course, smartly said, but this movie defies all logical like <laughs> analysis. So it could really be whatever, who knows? Because I think by design, this movie was supposed to be somewhat impenetrable because this guy is just, he's nuts. I understand. I've only seen this and I've seen parts of Tetsuo 2 and then I've seen the bullet man uh, and it's all bizarre. I understand this director's work is just like that. He is, he's like the Japanese David Lynch. Everything's fucking weird. So yeah, people that's, that's Tetsuo the Iron Man guys. Well, if this is um, the end, if this is a trilogy you've given me, I would rank them. House is my favorite. Mm -hmm. The other two, I 
would just have to rate them of which one I disliked less than the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I probably, if forced to, I would watch Godzilla, King of the Monsters over Tetsuo any day, mm-hmm. as much as I didn't care for King of the Monsters. So yeah, that brings me to, um, so you were kind of right with your description too, which is just like a dude's going to fucking turn into a machine man, which is like, that's really all this is. I did. And I said something like, maybe there's a car accident and maybe metal gets impaled in his body and he becomes a machine and lots of, and I said, it was gonna be weird as fuck. And, and, and you were right. was those things. So out of, you know, how many, how many iron rods shoved into your leg do you give this? Um, I'm going to say two. Oh, wow. I was for sure you were going to give this a one, maybe a zero. No, because I mean, I do have to give it some props for its style and its creativity. That mm-hmm. is all like I give it some. That's why it's above a one. Just because it is commendable mm-hmm. for that reason. I, think. I, uh, I have the same thought of this as I do House which I feel this is a movie that technically I don't want to rate this because I feel like it defies a traditional rating <laughs> system. Um, but I, I'll just cut the difference and give it a three. Um, I did enjoy it. The first time I saw this movie, I was totally like, this is just fucking weird. Okay, I've seen it. It's a movie that I don't think it's talked about as much anymore, but you know, about 10 years ago on the internet, this was a movie that everybody was like, You know, this was one of those internet buzz movies that was like, there's this fucked up weird movie that's been floating around for years. And now that we're all on the internet, we can all tell each other about it. Uh, And so this was like way in the ether for a minute. And I feel like it's gotten a little more obscure again. But um, uh, watching it a second time, I enjoyed it more. But that's also because I've read like, you know, I've done the cliff notes and I've done the research to actually understand what the fuck they were trying to do with this and say with it, uh, plot wise. Uh, so yeah, I, I give it a three. Um, okay. And I feel like I would love to program a double feature, you know, like a theater or something. Hey guys, if you're taking, uh, ideas out there, do a double feature of house. And then this movie, uh, like a midnight showing, uh, I think you'd have to be at a place that serves alcohol uh, <laughs> and uh, people would uh, alter your consciousness however you see fit. But yep, eat some I, edibles. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be the trip of your life uh, to watch House. I just don't know what the order would be that you'd watch them in. Like, I don't know if you'd watch this first so then House could be the palate cleanser is kind of what I feel I would yeah. want to do house would just feel so dreamy and beautiful yeah. compared to this. Cause it's like colorful and it has those like painted landscapes in the back. And this mm-hmm. is just stark and black and white and gritty and, and sometimes just terrifying and repulsive. Uh, I, I think, uh, or you could do it the other way in house is like your entry point. And then the hardcore people that want to stay, uh, then you subject them to Tetsuo and see what happens. Could be a medical <laughs> experiment. Uh, or maybe maybe you play both movies at the same time on two different screens. Yeah. And then see what happens to your brain. That's right. Um, <laughs> but there you go, people. This is your brain. This is your brain on Tetsuo. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, you'll never forget it. I'll tell you that much. I really won't. You might look at a power drill and be like, huh, drill dick. (laughs) Driller dong. That's a thing that happened in a movie I saw. (laughs) And I'll never forget it.
Well, thanks. <laughs> Don't thank me. I'm just doing my job. <laughs> oh, I hope I can return the favor. I really do. Yeah, find something. Just brutalize me. I'm waiting for it. Like, I've already done it to you a few times now, and I'm probably going to do it more. Um, so you get are. ready. I hope I learn to enjoy it. Because some of these are just movies I just want to talk about with somebody. I need somebody else to have seen it so we could at least have a conversation. So yep. be prepared for some of these stinkers that I'm like, nope. I have to inflict on you. Ah. Take your medicine. <laughs> well, guys, yeah, you know, uh, that's, that's our movies for this week. Oh, the only connection I could think of. Oh, yeah. Thank you. The only connection I could think of is that they're both foreign. I mean, for us Americans, because The Ritual is technically a British production. Uh, and Tetsuo is Japanese, of course. And they're both island countries. Ah. Okay. Huh? And they huh? both have I like a, 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 an oversized creature that defies understanding. Yeah, I guess I so. Know. They both have, yeah, towards the end, it's a melding of man and creature in a way. <laughs> yep. yep. So there you go, guys. There's the connection connection yeah but um write to us let us know what you think of the movies of us etc scaring etc scaring is sharing at gmail.com or scaring is sharing on the old insta yeah slide in the dms we need to talk to people we want to hear from more we need you we need more friends <laughs> make us Be feel better side. Tell me you're on my side. Yeah, t tell 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 me how much you hate Tetsuo too, uh, <laughs> or how much you love it. I bet you there's some fucking freaks out there that are like, "This is my favorite movie." Somebody's got to love it. Oh, I'm sure there's somebody out there. And if you're listening to this, write to us. We want to talk to you. <laughs> and if you guys love the ritual, and if you love this Netflix, this wave of Netflix horror, we've been you know working yeah. on the ritual cam. Are there any, yep. any that we're missing from Netflix that are some good ones? You know, these streaming services put out um, uh, movies too quickly. I can't even keep up with their original stuff. I have no idea what's good, what's bad. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let us know. All right. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Until next time. I think that's it. I think we're leaving Japan next oh, week. So good. I'm excited <laughs> for the change. I'm going to move on to some other. Uh, uh, the Ritual gave me an idea of something I want you to watch. Um, actually a, a movie that it, it evoked similar i felt it's a similar movie in tone and style but i didn't want to talk about it during our conversation because i didn't want to ruin it so okay. i'm going to uh i'm going to give that to you next week Ooh, exciting so here we go guys have a good one keep sharing those scares because scaring is sharing and that's all, folks. Good game, Jeremy. Good game. <laughs> Later, bro. See ya, dude.